Good morning. Slightly different location this morning and a slightly different person. Um, for those of you that don't know me, <clears throat> my name is Gary, uh, Youth Work Director at Billericay Baptist Church. You will normally find me on a different uh, talk <coughs> to the young people, um, but they've let me loose uh, to share with you this morning some thoughts uh, from, I feel, the Lord, from myself, from Scripture. And um, before I do anything I say to the young people, I want to pray first. It's the most important thing we can do. So let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this opportunity to share your word and uh, just talk to uh, uh, your people about what it is uh, to be part of a community. So I pray, Lord, that you would uh, bless these words, make sure they're yours, Father, and uh, pray your blessing on this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm not going to stay here um, for all of this talk. I just wanted to, to kind of give you a little bit of visual idea. A, it's a little bit blustery, and B, they're cleaning the football ground at the moment. So um, that's the noise in the background. But I'm at Billericay Town Football Club, and um, this is my church without walls. A bit of a strange one, you might think, but actually, this is where I come in the community to be with other Christians and what we try and do here is just share the good news of Jesus in word or deed and uh, it's something we've been doing for a number of years now in fact this week's prayer um, video is focusing on community and this will be one of the prayer points for the work at the uh, football club and when I say church without walls um, we're kind of we're kind of reminded that actually the early church whilst it might have met in in houses and that kind of stuff it was scattered after a a number of years was persecuted and was out there and it grew like crazy um now i'm not suggesting that we're going to go through persecution um but i do believe that we have um had to go through quite a lot as a a people of god uh, as church um, through coronavirus we haven't been able to meet in our building um, we haven't we've, we've been doing it online and uh, I know some people have really struggled with that some people have loved it uh, been watching some of the videos that we've been doing in their pajamas or at nine o'clock at night or whenever it happens during the week so there seems to be some people that really love the way we do things uh, at the moment and some that are just, I can't wait to get back into church. And that's okay. But what are the reasons that we are doing it for? Why do we want to be back in a building to fellowship? Why do we want to be totally relaxed in our front rooms doing stuff? These are kind of questions that a lot of us as ministers are really asking of how church looks going forward <clears throat> and one of the areas that we've been kind of working outside of church was a church without walls is what we're doing down here at the football club and uh, it's something that I'm passionate about I know a lot of others are um, but I'm not going to stay here I'm going to go somewhere a little bit quieter so uh, bear with me and uh, I'll see you in a second yeah that's a bit of a better location, less uh, noisy. A quick change of scenery and um, 
I just wanted to, to, to reflect actually on, on Tom last week uh, spoke about the need for Sabbath and how we need that Sabbath rest to rest in God uh, and, and make sure that it's a regular thing we do. Tom highlighted that. Sabbath helps us reset ourselves with our Father, but also recharges us ready for the next chapter uh, God has in store for us that week. An electric car can only go so far until it needs a recharge. This is our Sabbath. For some, that is physically going to church, and that's why some have really struggled during this time. It's why we need more than ever just to analyse our churchmanship and our relationship with God. Now, don't get me wrong, I see church as a valuable source of fellowship, empowering, a place to be recharged and face the week most of the time. But for me, it's not the only source of strength. For me, a walk, being outside, observing nature is just as strengthening and empowering. Listening to a bit of uh, worship music, uh, praying, reading scripture on my own can just uh, be as as beneficial um, as attending church physically. This is because I don't want the actual building of a church to be my source of discipleship or spirituality. I've heard so many people talk about their desperate to get back to church so they could pray. I know this is important for quite a lot of people, um, but it's not for me. I pray wherever and whenever. My discipleship is based in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Yes, church can help, but it's not the be-all and end-all. When I read of persecuted Christians, uh, or just read some stories in scripture, I see people engaging with God wherever, whenever, not reliant on a building. Which is why I believe in a church without walls, out there in the community. Interestingly, the Gospels uh, seem to uh, write more about Jesus out in the community than when he's in the synagogue. There's a clue there. Um, It's a huge clue for us to ask questions about what church is, especially as we are all scattered at the moment. That's why I mention church without walls. I've grown up in a church context I know church in and out. I've known it from birth, dedicated in a Baptist church uh, in in Cold Arbor Lane in Hayes. So I know church. I've I've lived in it. Um, But the older I get, (laughs) the more I see that the out part of knowing the ins and outs of church, the out part is so vital especially when we have a community that has very minimal understanding of Christianity these days. You know, more and more people are knowing less and less about Christianity. Their spirituality is changing. 
They don't go to Sunday school. It's not taught in school. So where do they get their understanding of Christianity? Unfortunately, most of it's in the media, TV shows, and in the news. The Christians tend to be known by what we are against. That seems to be a perception uh, that society picks up the most. News headlines are mostly about the negative aspects of what we say or do. And we do say some rubbish stuff. And we do do some awful stuff as church sometimes. What we need to be doing is to be out in our community and our society, letting them know what we are for, not what we are against. Jesus said, come, follow me, I will make you fishers of men, not attendees at church or church members even. I want you to be church to people. I heard a great sermon a number of years ago on Acts 19. I'd like to read that and and share some thoughts with you. A bit of a background to Acts 19 is that Paul arrives in Ephesus, finds some disciples already there, prays for them to receive the Holy Spirit, a key factor there, and then spends three months in the synagogue trying to find himself uh, and, and, and basically finding himself being rejected by the religious leaders there. So he leaves them. He then spends the next two years in the lecture hall of of Tyrannus. And in verse 10 of chapter 19, we read he was able to share the good news with all the Jews and the Greeks in the province of Asia. And we learn that many miracles happened following that. So I'm going to pick up um, Acts uh, 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 23, and read from there. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way, the way being Christianity, that's what it was called at the beginning. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, uh, brought in no little business for the craftsmen. He called them together, along with the workmen in related trades, and said, Men, you know we receive a good income from this business, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. There is danger, not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that a temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's travelling companions from Macedonia, and rushed as one man into the theatre. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Very wise. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theatre. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. (laughs) I love that. People get caught up in a mob, don't they? Um, We see it on the news. What are we fighting for? I don't know. Let's fight for it now. 
Yet these people didn't know why they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander to the front and some of the crowd shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defence before the people, but when they realised he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Times two hours of that. The city clerk quietened the crowd and said, Men of Ephesus, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to be quiet and not to do anything rash. You have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. They can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of today's events. In that case, oh, sorry. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion, since there is no reason for it. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. What we see here is a riot, plain and simple. It's no different 2,000 years ago to what we're seeing on the news daily. There's a cause, there's a riot. Whether it's justified for people, whether it isn't justified for people, there's a riot. Livelihoods are under threat as people turn away from this god Artemis to the true and living god of Paul, especially when they see miracles happen. Two of these disciples, Gaius and Aristarchus, are about to be lynched by the mob, literally lynched by the mob, and Paul is advised not to go. Actually, notice there he's advised by some of the officials as well as some of these disciples, for fear that he will be set upon as well and, and lynched as well. So who steps in to defend the followers of the way? Who steps in? Oh, it's the city clerk. It's the official, the main official. Now, he would have been fully aware of Paul and what he'd been saying and what he'd been doing, and more than likely had been in the lecture hall over the last couple of years where Paul had been speaking about the gospel of Jesus. It's the city clerk who defends the two disciples and in fact turns the argument completely around onto the mob to tell them that they're in danger of breaking the law. As far as we know, this city clerk is not a follower of the way. But he's defending the disciples of the way. When I first heard this sermon, I was really challenged as to who we are called to minister to. Now, I'm called to, to minister to young people, and I love doing that. It's my role. I love being in schools when we're allowed. I love working with our young people, but I also love being out in our community. I see it as vital. It's, it's, it's the blood that flows through my veins. 
we know that Paul would always seek out influential people. He always did this. He's very, very clever, very strategic. Um, a lot of the time, he would go to sometimes the richest, um, the leaders of a town, and share the good news of Jesus. Because what Paul worked out is actually he needed their influence. They were the big people. They were the big cheeses. And and you convert them. You, you, you get them to become disciples. And people will really take note. Paul was, Paul was wise in this. Paul knew this. And I think God wants us to be strategic about reaching people for him. Um, we know that Paul sometimes ended up in prison <laughs> doing this kind of stuff, but it didn't deter him. It spurred him on. So what I learned from this is that we actually need to be strategic about what we do in our community, meeting with people of influence, not for power ourselves, um, but to see that God appoints certain people to help the cause of the kingdom of heaven. Um, as you saw right at the very beginning, I was at the football club. That's a place where a few of us have felt we need to be influential. Um, there are, you know, when they're allowed back in, there are thousands of people that go there. Um, it's, it's a huge thing that's happening. They're linking up with the cricket club and, and, and the tennis club, wanting to make it a sports hub. And sports is so big in our community. Many of you watching this are, are avid sports people, whether it's running, cycling, football, rugby, cricket, whatever it might be. Um, you either like watching it, you have a team that you support. And actually, this is our local team where actually our community gathers. Um, I've got to know a few people down there. Um, and I've, I'm on social medias. That's one of the things that uh, I find useful tool. Um, and, and at Easter, uh, there was a, a tweet that came out from someone that we know at the football club. I'm going to read it out. I'm going to mention who it is. Um, but there was a tweet and then there was a response to that. Um, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read it. It's a lot easier just to read it. Happy Easter, everybody. I'm not at all religious, thanks to a certain denomination. I won't say who it is. But when given the option of and I'll say a minister, uh, to visit should things turn out wrong, I instantly said, no way. This is a person who was really ill. Really, I mean, really ill. But as they walked away, I thought, stop. I'd love one of the pastors. If available, Rev Bot, that's my Twitter name, preferably. Hashtag got me. And I'm like, I, I see this, and, and I'm like, wow, something's happening, something's changed. There's a, there's a life being challenged here. And whilst they might not ag agree and, and religion has turned them off of God, somehow, <laughs> crazily, my influence with them has got them rethinking. And, and this is the one that got me as well, is that someone um, replied to that. Capital letters followed by three exclamation marks. Yes. I have no religion either, but Gary is an exception. I really respect that he doesn't preach or force his views and still thinks we are good people whether we are believers or not. 
He sees us for us. I even enjoy his religious posts for this very reason too. Hi Gary, smiley face. Blew me away at Easter. Blew me away at Easter. And I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not sharing this to blow my own trumpet and say, yeah, Gary, well done, look what you're doing. No. What I want to do is say to you, this has taken years. This hasn't happened overnight. This has taken years of, of me and a few other people spending time with people in the community. Not forcing thoughts and ideas and what they should or shouldn't be doing. Just loving them, laughing with them, drinking with them, eating with them, sharing life with them. And what we're doing is we're giving them the example of Jesus that isn't a kind of a negative thing. It's a positive thing. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. And what he's been doing in, in working in my life and other people's lives. And sometimes it takes times. The Jews in the synagogue in Ephesus weren't being the people of influence. They were the religious ones. They were the ones that were doing God's work. The Jewish guys. But because of their rules and regulations, they weren't out there and doing stuff. In fact, um, it's only under Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that was doing anything for the kingdom of God. Speaking in areas not associated with Christians, the followers of the way, and meeting up with people that were deemed as sinners. Paul was following on uh, basically from what Jesus had been doing. So, where does that leave us? Where does that leave you this morning? More than ever, I believe we've got this golden opportunity to make a difference in our town. It's something that Tom mentioned last week that helped me understand what we are to do more um, Tom shared a, a story um, when he was at a function I think it was a wedding I can't remember um, because I was listening to what Tom was saying apart from the wedding um, but there was a, a silent disco going on and there were some antics going on in the room that being played out and all that kind of stuff he said he then saw an older couple just dancing in the middle arm in arm in the midst of the chaos and I believe that's what God is calling us to do to dance with him in the midst of the chaos to be the example of peace amongst the anxiety we're living in a time full of anxiety uncertainty, changing guidelines and chaos. I remember as a young lad reading um, the comic books Asterix and I don't know if anybody has ever remember them but there was a there was the chief, the chief of their tribe. He would always be running around scared that the sky was going to fall on his head and he'd, he'd hunker underneath his shield and, and kind of like, oh no, quick, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Now we can live that way as Christians. And that's the example that people will see of us. They know we're Christians and they see us panicking, anxiety, worry, stress all the time. All the time. They're going to see that's the example that we set. Or we can choose 
to dance peacefully in the midst of the chaos. Our response as a people of God at this time will be the greatest witness to our neighbours, our friends and our town. Yes, we can point people to our online talks and they are awesome. Tom, myself, Charlotte, wonderful. Sorry, I'm getting beheaded now. But we can do that. We can, we can you know, say to people, look at our online talks and we can hope and pray that people will all of a sudden receive the Holy Spirit and, and be called to what we're doing and become Christians or followers of the way. It might inspire them to think a little bit more about Jesus. And we do hear some stories where that is happening and that is encouraging. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting that down. But if that's our only introduction to our friends and neighbours as to our talks and everything else and we're doing nothing else, then it's not enough. Simply not enough. Um, we can get up from being observers around the edge of the dance floor and and we can get up and dance on that dance floor itself instead of just observing all right i remember this at school discos years and years ago and it is years and years ago for me um that the, all, all the lads and all the girls would kind of be on one side and one's on the other and no one really had the, the guts to kind of get on the dance floor and do everything and you just hang around and the dance floor would be empty, the DJ's playing the music and the girls are over there and the boys are over there and no one, nobody got on the dance floor at all. I remember a few of us plucking up courage, going over to a couple of girls and, and asking them, and, and, and miraculously, uh, with their, their blind goggles on probably, um, they said, yes, we'll dance with you. And we headed onto the dance floor. We were the boys, we got the girls, and we were dancing. It was such fun. And you still have people out on the edge kind of like, mm, no, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'll look like a fool. I don't know what to say. What if they say no? Hey, do you know what? <laughs> Nothing ventured, nothing gained in my book. And I believe this is how it sums it up for us, actually, sometimes when we're trying to do this thing called evangelism and mission and reaching out into our community. We live in such fear as Christians. We live in fear. We're scared that we might say the wrong thing or our friends will laugh at us or we'll be completely rejected. Don't worry. Jesus encountered those last two things on the cross. He was rejected, he was laughed at, spat at and mocked. He still went to the cross and still saved us from our sins. He knows how you feel. But he also says, go and make disciples. His Holy Spirit is with you. If you're a Christian and you're watching this right now, you've got to start accepting that the Holy Spirit is with you. You've got to let him start working in your life. The Holy Spirit is with you. Yes, we can have anxieties and worries, and that's a natural thing as a human being. But when that is the overriding factor in our lives and we're not letting the Holy Spirit deal with those issues, people see that firsthand. They call themselves a Christian. All they do is worry about life. Not really going to join up with that thing. Don't sound good to me. I'm sorry, but that's the examples that we set for people. And his Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. It says that in scripture. 
So my challenge to you, uh, to leave you with, is, is where are you being a person of influence right now? Where are you being church without walls? It might be in the home, in your street, uh, it might be back at the office or venturing into school or a new place like university. I know that restrictions are in place again and there's certain things that are happening, but we're, we're kind of being forced into spending more time with our neighbours, which is what God says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. We have got a golden opportunity. I'm spending more time talking to my neighbours than I ever have because we've got the opportunity to, to, uh, to do it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's painful sometimes, but it's also wonderful. So wherever it is, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Get up, be determined, and get on God's great dance floor. Go prayerfully and be a person of peace, not of anxiety and worry. Be the non-anxious presence. You never know. You may one day be defended by someone as their perception of God is completely changed by your words and actions. And they ask you then, why are you such a person of peace? Scripture always sums it up better uh, than the words of man. And in Matthew 15, verse 6, we read, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Be the church without walls. Let your light shine. God is inviting you onto the dance floor to dance with him. Let me pray for us. Father God, I want to thank you for uh, your scripture. I want to thank you for the likes of Paul, who, uh, empowered with the Holy Spirit, was able to uh, see miracles happened. He was defended by people within this community they were in of Ephesus because of the influence that he had. And Father, maybe for those watching this this morning, thinking, well, it's all right, Gary, for you to say that you're a minister, you're learning this, you're doing this. I find it a real struggle and everything. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would empower that person with the Holy Spirit's anointing. That right now they would know the presence of the Heavenly Father washing over them. That the fears, the anxieties, the stresses and the worries would melt away that Holy Spirit you would break in, that you would give them that confidence. And Father, more than anything, you would give everybody that is watching this an opportunity this week to, to be with someone in our community that just needs a touch from the Heavenly King. Father, I pray your blessing upon everybody that's watching this and, and ask, Father, that you would act this week by your Holy Spirit that we would know uh, you are working in our community. We pray for our community, Father. We pray that we would be that light in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for joining me in this wonderful location of some fields in Billericay, of those lovely little white fluffy clouds, the trees in the background and the grass around me. If you can get an opportunity this week to get out in nature and spend some time with God, not worrying that we're not in church, that we can spend time with God, uh, that would be awesome. God bless, take care, be safe, get on the dance floor with God and get dancing.